This week on episode 134 of the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast, the brackets for girls' basketball playoffs have been introduced, and we're covering all Southwest Ohio teams. It's February Madness, baby! Sweet 16! Boom! And all that jazz. Also, the one-minute dash is returned as we whip through college basketball and college hockey. If it's happening in Cincinnati and Dayton, Ohio, it's on the local Sunday Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast with Lee W. Mowen. This is a weekly podcast dedicated to sports happening in the Cincinnati and Dayton, Ohio region. Visit theleewmowen.com slash podcast to listen on your favorite platforms like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, and more. Follow the host on Twitter at the Lee W. Mowen and the podcast at Cindy Pod. Opening theme is Arpy by Dan Hennig from the YouTube Music Library Collection. Now for your host, Lee W. Mowen. Let's begin this episode with some personal news. Yours truly is the new play-by-play broadcaster for the Champion City Kings in Springfield, Ohio, part of the Prospect League, which is a summer collegiate baseball league. Starts up late May, goes to early August. Basically, it's college baseball with bats played in the summer when school's out. Very, very excited about my opportunity, and I hope I do the Kings organization proud. I'm really looking forward to getting back into baseball. This is my second time in the Prospect League. Now I'm thinking about it, because I had two years as the audio broadcaster for the Richmond River Rats when Pal Item had their own audio stream for that. So, yeah. New gig, Champion City Kings, this summer. So that's three for me. I'm broadcasting all 30 home games for Champion City and maybe some playoff games. And still running the scoreboard for Dayton Dragons and announcing some Dayton Dutch Lions games, I hope. So, very, very busy summer on tap. And speaking of summer, don't you wish it was warm again like earlier this week? And now there's snow on the ground. Hooray. We'll start off with talking about the Dayton Flight. As you know, they're a new basketball team coming into Dayton, Ohio, ran by local Daytonians that have history right here in the Gem City. Already two games in for the Flight. They're 0-2 thus far, and the Flight also had to make a venue change. Originally, the plan was to play at the only building named after the number 8. The only building in America named Building 8, something like that. Mark Schlemmer makes a better reference than I do. But, yeah, they were supposed to play at Sinclair Community College. And apparently, the first game day, it was mentioned in the morning that the flight are moving to Stivers School for the Arts. And that's where the Dayton flight will play all their home games this year. 0-2 start for Dayton. We'll talk about their first game against the Columbus Condors. The former Ohio bootleggers, if you follow along this podcast for quite some time. Man, that was a great name. They had a great logo and everything. But the Condors logo is pretty sharp. We'll talk about the 137-129 overtime loss for the flight. 
Very exciting game. Followed along on Twitter at Flight Dayton. Thanks for the follow, by the way, folks. It looks like for Dayton, Means leading all scores with 28 points. And Columbus had Bosley with 23. That's the five that were on the court. Again, Dayton forced it into OT. However, could not pull off the win as Condor's defense held Dayton to five points in the overtime frame while scoring 13 of their own. Again, 137-129, Columbus winning it in OT. Let's pull up that beautiful box score. This is from FIBALiveStats.com, the basketball league. And looking through here, yes, it is Tyrell Means leading the way. Played nearly 39 minutes, scored 28 points, 9 rebounds, 3 assists. Also, another 28-point performance with 40 minutes, 33 seconds into the game. Deshaun Johnson, 28 points, 4 rebounds, 5 assists. Off the bench, Shuran, Matthew Shuran, I believe that's how you say that. A little over 35 minutes, 22 points, 6 rebounds for the Dayton flight. And 20 points off the bench by forward, Jordan Bedford, 1 rebound, 1 assist. The flight shot 53% for the game, 47 of 88, scored 70 points in the paint, and 22 points off of Columbus turnovers. From beyond the arc, the flight were 33%, 8 of 24, and 3 throws, Dayton made 27 of 36 for 75% percentage. Pulling down 44 total rebounds, 11 assists on the game, turning the ball over 21 times, stealing the ball 10 times. As we look at Columbus's stats, shooting-wise, a much better performance, 37 of 60, which is 61%, 64 points in the paint for Columbus. Your leading scores in that game, I mentioned they had a couple of 20-point scores. Bosley leading the way with 23, Andy Bosley. You also have 21 points from Richie Gordon with 8 rebounds, 3 assists, and about 30 minutes. And also 21 points for Boo Osborne. And then you have 20 points by Todd Brown. Is that the same Todd Brown from Wright State that I used to cover when I was in college? Let's find that out now. Actually, we'll keep talking about the game as I'm finding it out. Off the bench, there was one score to reach double digits, although Jalen Benton got close. 14 minutes, 9 points, 3 rebounds off the bench. You have 15 points from Brett McKnight with 4 rebounds. Again, Columbus actually shot 51%. What I read was 2-pointers. I didn't realize it split those categories, but that's kind of nice. 3-pointers, Columbus 32%, 11-34. Shooting-wise, the Condors 48-94 of 94 for 51%, which is just a tick lower than what the flight had. I have no idea why I thought it was higher. There's a lot of numbers, so you know. A little bit lower shooting-wise. A little bit higher two-point shooting-wise. Three throws. The Condors were better at 78%. 30 of 38. 50 rebounds pulled down by the Condors. 10 total rebounds for Bosley. That's a double-double for him. And 18 turnovers for Columbus. 18 assists. 8 steals, and again, 64 points in the paint, and 28 points off of Dayton turnovers. 
So yeah, 137, 129, Dayton fell in overtime to Columbus. And we move on to the next game. Literally the next day, that Sunday afternoon at 1 o'clock, again at Stivers. I believe this is where the Stealth will play the rest of their games. And the second game in Dayton Flight history was against the Jamestown, New York Jackals. And Jamestown won it 112-106. As we go to the box score once again. Takes a second to load. That'll give me a chance to look at Columbus's roster, see if Todd Brown is from Wright State. And that does not help me at all. There we go. Hey. There's a roster and everything. That helps. We'll start off with Stealth Stats leading the Dayton bench. And also one of three players in the game with 22 points. You have Jordan Bedford. 22 points, 7 rebounds, 1 assist with about 24 minutes coming off the bench. Your leading scorer, part of the starting five, Matthew Sharan. 19 points, 9 rebounds in a little under 29 minutes. Sharan is also averaging 22 points in the two games. Again, next game is happening soon. Right back at the Columbus Condors roster. And it is Wright State University's old Todd Brown. That's great to see. A lot of local colleges represented for Columbus here. I saw Northwest Ohio Racer from Lima, Wooster, Wright State, like I mentioned, Todd Brown. That's exciting. Akron's Breck McKnight, Randon Dyer from Marion, Lake Erie's Andy Bosley, Richie Gordon from Western Carolina, which is not local, but hey. Ashland has Boo Osborne. Jalen Benton out of Youngstown State, Trey Smith of Finley, uh, Matt Bingaya of Southern Miss, and James Madison, A.J. Davis. That's Columbus's roster. We'll go over Dayton's roster in a minute. Leading the way for Jamestown, 22 points by two Jackals. Part of the starting five, Radio Singleton. 22 points in about 28 minutes. Off the bench, you have Drew Cushingberry. 22 points, 4 rebounds, 2 assists in 33.48 minutes. 60 points in the paint for Dayton to Jamestown's 48. Second chance points, 5 points better were the Jackals, 31-26. Shooting-wise, the Stealth shot 39% of the game, 40 of... Is that 103? Numbers kind of cut off by the stats. Whereas Jamestown, 40 of 87 for 45%. 3-pointers... The Jackals shot 44%, 13 to 29. And Dayton, 8 of 30 for 26%. Three throws. Jamestown at 73%, 19 to 26. And Dayton, not that far behind, at 72. With 18 of 25, three throws made. Also, Means had a double-double that game. 15 points, 10 rebounds for the Dayton flight. Tyrell Means did. And he's averaging 28 points in his two games. So 0-2, the Dayton flight are, and they'll get the ball back rolling later tonight. They'll take on the Columbus Condors once again, 7.30 at Stivers. And you can watch it on Sportscaster, which is an App Store-only app. And it's for free. You can watch it there. Tried to watch a little bit of it Friday in between my hockey games, but the stream kept crashing. But 
like I said, whenever a team comes into Dayton, I want to see them succeed and do well. I thought the fight back against Columbus was admirable, and a close loss against Jamestown. It's tough, but I think Dayton can fight back. And I think Dayton might be home tomorrow at noon against Dallas Skyline. We'll check that out momentarily. But yeah, 0-2 are the Dayton Flight. Also want to thank them for following me on Twitter. We pull up the schedule right now. And yes, actually the schedule on Dayton Flight says the game is at 7.30. Again, remember your home games are at Stivers now, which in the whole aspect of things isn't too far from Sinclair. Stivers is on 5th Street. And it's just a little east of the Oregon District and downtown, so not too bad. Stivers, of course, part of the Dayton City League. And then that's the last home game for Dayton until Friday, February 21st. Jamestown back in town. And then Tampa Bay Titans come in Saturday, February 22nd. So that's the Dayton stuff. Again, they're back home tonight against Columbus, 730 Definitely give them a shot. Tickets are 5 bucks for kids, 15 bucks for general admission. You can get your tickets online at DaytonFlight.com. It still makes me so happy that I saw a Wright State Raider on there. That's great. And now we talk about girls' basketball playoffs. They recently had the draw just a couple days ago. And we'll start off with Division One in the Cincinnati region. A big wag of the finger towards OHSAA because on the website, the District 1 has Westerville first at Region 3. They're not in numerical order. Naughty. We'll start off with Cincinnati 1. Sounds like a good place to start, doesn't it? In District 1. We'll start off February 15th at 1.30 at Lakota East as Seton will take on Sycamore. Seton the 28th seed, Sycamore the 8th seed. At Sycamore, number 16 Anderson battles number 26 Kings Mills Kings. You have at Sycamore as well, after the Anderson Kings game, Middletown versus Mercy McAuley. Mercy McAuley, the number 3 seed, Middletown the 30th seed. And this again at Sycamore. Sycamore can't play at Sycamore just because, you know, it's the state playoffs and that'd be a home game, which is naughty. On the bottom side of the bracket, you'll have number two Wayne battling number 18 Xenia at Vandalia Butler. Number seven Miamisburg battles number 10 Piqua at Vandalia Butler. All those games at February 15th. Xenia Wayne at 12, Miamisburg Piqua 130, and after that is Springfield and Bellbrook. Bellbrook the number five seed, Springfield the 14th seed. Whoever wins Xenia Wayne will get to take on number 16. David H. Ponitz, which is Ponix Tech, at Troy on the 18th of February. And the winners of Miamisburg and Piqua and Springfield Bellbrook will play at Troy on the 18th at 7.30. Then a winner of those two games play at Butler on the 24th to take on the winner on top. And they'll play on the 29th at Princeton to represent Cincinnati 1. So most of the games at Sycamore, a few games at Lakota East. Princeton has the district final game. I think that'd be right. District bracket. Yeah, district final. That'd be right. A couple games at Troy, a couple games at Butler. All lovely gymnasiums there as we move on to Cincinnati 2. 
I should have hit add new tab there, but hey. We'll start off at Lakota East on the 15th at noon. It's number 17 Fairfield against number 9 West Claremont. Witten Woods, number 25, battles Milford, number 23. Oh, I'm sorry, I said Milford wrong. Milford! There we go. And that'll be a 1 at Sycamore, Milford versus Winton Woods. And Western Hills will battle number 2 Lakota West at Lakota East High School at 3. On the bottom side of Cincy 2, you have number 17 Fairboard against number 3 Centerville at Troy. This is on the 15th at 11 a.m. Number 4 Springboro gets number 11 Northmont at Troy. The 15th at 12.30. And at 2, it's Vandalia Butler battling Sydney at Troy. Your two buys in Cincinnati 2 on the top side of the bracket is number 13, Lakota East. They'll take on the winner of Fairfield West Claremont at Sycamore on the 19th at 6. And number 15, Franklin has a buy. They'll play at Troy on the 20th against the winner of Fairborn and Centerville. And onwards to Cincinnati 3, we will go. As soon as I pick the right number. Yeah, on the brackets, it's 4-1-2-3. Naughty. Cincinnati 3 looks like this. Top of the bracket at Lakota East again. This is on the 13th, so Thursday. You have number 11, Ursuline Academy, battling number 21, Monroe. You will have Lebanon, number 15, battling number 12, Little Miami. Soon to be Eastern Cincinnati Conference foes next year. That'll be the 13th at 6.30 at Lakota East. And also at Lakota East at 8, number 6, Loveland, has number 29, Oxford, Talawanda. On the bottom of the bracket has number 14, Edgewood, against number 19, Turpin, at Sycamore, on the 13th at 6. And afterwards, number 32, Withrow, has number 1, Mount Notre Dame. They have been one of the top teams in the state of Ohio in girls basketball. They're pretty good. The few buys on here, there are two on the bottom, one up top. Number 7, Mason, gets the winner of Ursuline and Monroe. On the bottom, Oak Hills, number 10, will play on the 18th at Sycamore against the winner of Edgewood Turpin. And number 34, Northwest, has the winner of Withrow, Mount Notre Dame. That's also at Sycamore on the 18th. And now we look at Cincinnati 4. There goes the click. It loads up just like that. We start off at Troy. On the 13th, number 6, Beaver Creek, has number 13, Tecumseh, at Troy. On the 13th at 6. Number 19, Stebbins, against number 1, Kettering Fairmont, at Troy, on the 13th at 7.30. At Lakota East, you have three games on the 12th, so Wednesday. At 5, it's number 22, Wilmington, against number 24, Harrison. Number 18, Western Brown, against number 20, Cole Rain. And number 27, St. Ursula Academy, against number 5, Walnut Hills. Your buys in this, on the bottom, since that's where I'm at. Number four, Princeton, will play on the 18th at 6 at Lakota East against the winner of Harrison-Wilmington. On the top, number 12, Troy has the winner of Beaver Creek-Tecumseh. Number 20, West Carrollton has Stebbins-Fairmont on the 18th at Vandalia-Butler. To tell you how that bracket looks for Cincinnati, the winner of Cincinnati 1 gets the winner of Cincinnati 4 at Princeton on March 4th. Also at Princeton, Cincinnati 2 versus Cincinnati 3. And that closes up Division I girls basketball brackets. The winners of the regional f- game will take on... What would that be? Semis? That'd be semis. That'd be quarterfinals. Quarterfinals, semis, finals. Yeah. Look at me figure stuff out. Your quarterfinals will be March 7th at Princeton at noon against the winner of Cincinnati 1-4 and 2-3. and three. 
And then whoever wins that game gets to play at Ohio State's St. John Arena March 13th at 8 against either Medina, Milbury, Toledo, or Elira. On the top, in case you're wondering, Columbus 4 versus Columbus 3 at Otterbein's Reich Center, also the home of the Columbus Condors. Columbus 2 against Columbus 1. They'll play in the regional final at Reich Center at Otterbein, then to St. John. They'll go. You also have Parma Heights and Perry against Massillon and Ravina. That's a new one. At the Canton Memorial Civic Center. And then the regional final played, same venue, and then to Ohio State. They'll go at St. John Arena. That's Division One for you. All wrapped up in a nice little bow. We'll move on to Division Two. We'll start off at the Springfield District, Region 8. And first up, it's Columbus 1's bracket. Pulling it up here. Your first game in the bracket will be February 17th at 7 at Jonathan Alder. As, wait a minute, Jonathan Alder is scheduled to play Columbus East. I didn't think you could play at your own place, but this bracket has a lot of that, so maybe I'm wrong, I don't know. But that's what's listed on there. Number one, Jonathan Alder gets number 19, Columbus East, on the 17th at Jonathan Alder High School. And yes, I know, not part of the Miami Valley, but they're in the league with Miami Valley, and they're a pretty good team, pretty good school. So, you know, deal with it. At Granville on the same day at 7, it will be number 2 Granville against Hamilton Township. Number 20 Hamilton Township, that's Eastern Columbus, close to the Eastland Mall, I believe. So what happens to those winners? Well, number 18 Columbus South will get to either tangle with Columbus East or Jonathan Alder at the better-seeded team site. And then on top of that will be number 7 Bloom Carroll hosting number 12 Centennial of Columbus. You have Cristo Ray Columbus. That's the first time I heard of that school. But Cristo Ray Columbus, number 21 Cristo Ray Columbus, will get the winner of Granville Hamilton Township. And the winner of that game will get to take on Caldonia River Valley or Heath. Not a lot of local teams there. The closest one would have been, what, Jonathan Alder? Hey, how about Mason 1? That sounds great. I know where Mason is. We'll start off with Mason 1. There's three Mason brackets, and at Walnut Hills High School, we'll start off on the 15th of February at 11 a.m. as it's number 5 Wyoming against number 8 North College Hill. After that game, still at Walnut Hills, we'll have number 9 Schroeder against number 11 Batavia. And number 12 Goshen battles number 2 Indian Hill at 2 to close out that first round. Scrolling down here, still first round games. These games are at Lebanon on the 15th. 11 a.m. we'll have number 7 Oakwood against number 10 Ross. Number 11 Clinton Massey has number 3 Chaminade Julian. And number 6 Archbishop Alter has number 8 Dunbar. Your buys in that, so you have two. Number 3 Hughes gets the winner Wyoming North College Hill. And number 2 Valley View gets Oakwood or Ross. And the first buy is at Walnut Hills. The sectional final will be played at Mason. Cassie, stop chewing on my book. I need that. Silly cat. And the bottom part is at Lebanon until the sectional final. Again, at Mason the 28th. How about Mason 2? That sounds like a great place to continue on. We'll start off at Lebanon again, this time on the 13th at 6. You have number 1, Carol, battling number 13, Thurgood Marshall. 
Bishop Fenwick, seeded number five, will get number nine, Stivers School for the Arts at Lebanon. This is at Tecumseh, as number three, Eaton, gets number nine, Urbana. And also at Tecumseh, number eight, Springfield Shawnee, battles number five, Bell Fountain. A couple buys to talk about. The winner of Thurgood, Marshall, and Carroll will battle number 12, Brookville, at Lebanon on the 18th. Also at Lebanon, it will be Hamilton Baden, number four, taking on the winner of Fenwick or Stivers. Graham, number 10 seed at Tecumseh, will take on the winner of Eaton, Urbana. And number two, Trotwood Masson gets the winner of Springfield Shawnee or Bell Fountain. How about Mason 3? That'll wrap up Division 2. Actually, we'll talk about the Springfield bracket. But first off, at Tecumseh, it's number one, Tippecanoe, against number 11, Northwestern. Northwestern, that'd be the closest school. It's like right down the road on 40, right? No, that'd be 41. Never mind, it's close. But it's at Tecumseh, 15th at 11. Afterwards, you have number four, Greenville, against number seven, Benjamin Logan. At Walnut Hills, number one, Roger Bacon, gets number 14, Aiken. Number four, Mount Healthy, will get to battle Archbishop McNicholas. And number six, Taylor, gets number seven, New Richmond. Your buys, you have three of them in Mason 3. Belmont, seed number 12. They'll be at Tecumseh on the 20th to take on the winner of Tip and Northwestern. Kenton Ridge, seed number six, gets Greenville, Ben Logan. And number 13, Woodward, will get the winner of Roger Bacon and Aiken. This cat is seriously obsessed with my outline for episode 134. I need that. How else am I going to talk about local Sunday sports than just off the top of the head, but that doesn't sound as good, so never mind. Silly kitty. We'll look at the Springfield bracket. Pulling it up now. Columbus 1 will battle Mason 3's winner at Springfield on March 3rd at 6.15. Afterwards, it's Mason 2 versus Mason 1's winner. The regional final will be at Springfield before moving to St. John Arena on the 12th, and then the state final will be at St. John again on the 14th for Division 2. In case you're wondering, the other regions, Macedonia and Uniontown, Region 5, and Austintown, Ashtabula. This is northeastern Ohio, close to Youngstown, I believe. Region 7, it's mostly blank. That's nice. The only one marked in there is Columbus 2. Is that just a straight shot for March the 12th? I'm certain there's more in Region 7. In Region 6, it's Paulding, Millbury, and Elira, Ashland. And that will wrap up Division 2. We'll move on to Division 3 and Springfield again, starting off with Springfield 1. I think I think my kitty would be a great rebounder and also a great annoyer because she keeps chewing on my notebook. Stop it. I can't stay mad at you, kitty. I'd ask you to talk about sports, but, you know, there you go. People might like you more than me. We'll start off at Fairfield High School for Springfield 1. This is Division 3. As number 3, Williamsburg gets number 19, Riverview East Academy. That's on the 15th at 2 at Fairfield. And on the bottom of the bracket, at Wilmington High School, on the 15th at 2, you have number 1, Summit Country Day, against number 23, Finneytown. And also number 9, Claremont Northeastern against number 11, Taft. Your buys in there, there's plenty of them. There's only three first-round games. Number 17, Gamble Montessori. Well, wait at Fairfield on the 18th. It's a long time to wait for the Gators, but hey. They'll take on Williamsburg and Riverview East Academy's winner. You'll also have Marymont against Ripley Union Lewis Huntington. 
I thought that school district was just called Ripley Union, but there you go. Shows you how much I know. That's number five, Marymont. Number eight, Ripley Union, Lewis Huntington, John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt. East Clinton, the number 18 seeded Astros, will get the winner of Summer Country Day in Finneytown. And Cincinnati Hills Christian Academy, seeded number 10, they'll get the winner of Claremont Northeastern and Taft at Wilmington. The bottom of the bracket will play most of their games at Wilmington, in fact, all their games, until the sectional final at Springfield on the 29th of this month. Site, uh, site there, time to be determined. The top of the bracket will play their games at Fairfield High School. How about Springfield 2, which is the third choice on here for some reason? We'll start off with number 12, Greenview, battling number 7, Greenan, at Covington High School on the 15th at noon. Afterwards, there'll be number 3, Versailles, against number 19, Miami Valley. You'll have number 6, Norwood, against number 13, Madeira, at Fairfield on the 15th at 11 a.m. And after that game will be number 4, Bethel Tate, against number 20, Redding. Your buys, you have four of them in this bracket. Middletown Madison, the eight-seeded Mohawks, will get the winner of Greenview Greenan. Dayton Christian, number 14, will get the winner of Miami Valley versus Sales. Number 12, Clark Montessori gets Norwood Madeira. And St. Bernard Elmwood Place, number 16, gets Redding or Bethel Tate. Keep in mind, this is Bethel Tate in Cincinnati, not Bethel in, you know, the Huber Heights area. I don't know why, I don't know if I should keep Explaining that, but there you go. Springfield 3 out of 4. At Northridge High School in Northern Dayton, on the 15th at 1, will be number 15, Milton Union battling number 2, West Liberty Salem. And scrolling down, there's only three first-round games. You have Fayetteville Perry, seeded number 15 against number 7, Georgetown. And number 2, Purcell Marion battling number 22, Blanchester. After that, Indian Lake, seeded number 16. The Lakers will get the winner of Milton Union, West Liberty Salem. At Northridge, you'll have Twin Valley South, my West Alexandria Panthers. Seeded number 17, they'll take on the Waynesville Spartans, seeded number 6 at Northridge. Number 14, Seven Hills gets the winner of Fayetteville Perry or Georgetown. And Deer Park and Wilmington High School gets the winner of Purcell, Mary, and Blanchester. Deer Park's not in Wilmington, they're playing at Wilmington. Deer Park's in Deer Park. You see how that works? Top of the bracket will play at Northridge. Bottom of the bracket's at Wilmington. And then the regional, or sectional final, excuse me, is at Springfield. And we'll close up with Springfield 4. We'll start off with number 4, Cannon, battling number 18, New Lebanon Dixie. Number 5, Carlisle, has number 13, Preble Shawnee. Number 1, Anna, has number 20, Meadowdale. And your buys... Number 22, Northeastern, has the winner of Arcanum Dixie. Bethel, this is Tip City Bethel. I don't know why I forgot Tip City was a thing up there, but it is kind of close to your rights. Anyway, the Bethel Bees get the winner of Carlisle, Preble Shawnee. Number 21, Northridge at Covington will play Anna or Meadowdale. And number 11, National Trail battles number 10, Miami East. A good cross-county conference battle. It's the last time I'll probably be able to say cross-county conference battle because you remember... The conference is going away after this year. To look at the Region 12, Region 12 bracket even, not 12. Springfield 1 gets Springfield 3. Springfield 2 gets Springfield 4's winner. And then the regional final will be at Springfield, and then it'll move on to Ohio State's St. John Arena for the state semi and state final. State final will be March 14th. 
Something called March Madness. I don't know. I don't know if that'll catch on. And lastly, Division 4. And the second choice is Region 16. That's Vandalia Butler. We'll start off with Troy 1. Pulling up here, public brackets look like this. At Monroe High School in the 15th at 2, you'll have number 3 Cedarville against number 11 Lockland. Excuse me, number 1 Cincinnati Country Day has number 10 Cincinnati Euler. I think they're called the Mad Hatters there, which is an excellent name. And number 4 Layman Catholic has number 9 Housen. Yes, I know it looks like Houston, but it's pronounced Housen. Trust me on this. On the bottom of the bracket, by the way, the Layman Catholic Housen game is at Sydney. Euler Country Day is at Monroe. Also at Sydney, number two Mechanicsburg has number five Rushi. Yes, I know it looks like Russia, but it's Rushi. The northern part of the Miami Valley is a little different than the southern part because, you know, they're two different places. Your buys. <sighs> I always make myself laugh. That's probably not a good trait to have, but whatever. Miami Valley Christian Academy, seeded number four, will play at Monroe High School against the winner of Cedarville Lachlan. Cincinnati College Prep seed at number 9 will also play at Monroe, but they'll take on the winner of Euler, Cincinnati Country Day. The winner of those games will play at Monroe on the 24th at 7.30. The number 3, Bakken's Trojans, gets the winner of Lehman Catholic Housen, and number 10, Mississinawa Valley, has Mechanicsburg or Rushi. Bottom of the brackets at Sydney, top of the brackets at Monroe, and the sectional final is at Troy on the 29th. Never been to Troy's gym. It is a beauty of a gym. How about Troy 2? If I can hit the right button. Troy 2, please. Yes, please. Number 9, Tri-County North. We'll play number 2, Franklin Monroe. Another CCC battle, this time at Brookville High School on the 15th at 11 a.m. At Sydney, you'll have number 6, Fairlawn, against number 7, Jackson Center. And number 12, Ansonia, has Triad at also Sydney. At Sydney, not at also Sydney. I don't know if that's a place. Newton, number eight, will wait the winner of TCN and Franklin Monroe at Brookville. Bradford takes on Troy Christian, a battle of four versus three there at Brookville on the 20th. Number eight, Riverside gets Fairlawn or Jackson Center, depending on who wins that. And number one, Fort Loramie has a bye. They'll play at Sydney against the winner of Ansonia and North Lewisburg Triad. At least it's North. You ever realize that Upper Sandusky is not north of Sandusky? Sandusky's right on the lake. Upper Sandusky's kind of, you know, in the middle. And plus, is there really an Arlington, Ohio? Is it north of Upper Arlington in Columbus? I don't know. We talk a lot, don't we? By we, I mean me. Troy 3 looks like this. Number 5, Felicity Franklin has number 6, S. Charleston Southeastern Local. As opposed to S. Charleston Southeastern Far away. Sorry. Southeastern Felicity Franklin. I shouldn't make jokes like that. This is a serious podcast. I promise. Number 12, New Miami has number 2, Legacy Christian. Legacy Christian, of course, in Xenia, formerly Xenia Christian. Number 7, Covington, will battle Springfield Catholic Central at Brookville. And number 11, Jefferson Township has number 1, Tri-Village, also at Brookville. New Miami Legacy Christians at Monroe, so is Southeastern Felicity Franklin. Middletown Christian seeded at number 7. They'll play at Monroe against the winner of Felicity Franklin and Southeastern. Cincinnati Christian gets New Miami Legacy Christian. Number 6, Yellow Springs gets Covington, Springfield Catholic Central's winner at Brookville. And number 10, East Dayton Christian 
Wait, East Dayton Christian? I didn't realize they were OHSAA. Hey, that's cool. I thought they were in, um... I forget what it is. I looked it up sometime, and... Yeah, they're they're OHSAA. All right. East Dayton Christian gets Jefferson Township or Tri-Village. Patriots the number one seed overall. Bottom brackets at Brookville, tops at Monroe. The sectional final will be at Troy. And there is one more. Columbus 2. Columbus 1's at Jackson-Pickerington, which is... That's a combination of Central Ohio and Southern Ohio there. That's a big region. But to finish off Region 16, number 4, Danville has number 17, Millersport. That's not near Columbus, is it? That can't be. At Fairfield Christian Academy, this is not Fairfield near Cincinnati. This is Fairfield south of Columbus. Number 15, Grove City Christian has number 3, Lancaster. Lancaster, Fairfield Christian Academy. It's not Lancaster, I promise. And the winner of that game will play Granville Christian Academy, the 13-seeded Granville Christian Academy, at the better-seeded team site. Whoever's playing Danville Millersport, well, that'll be number 14, Madison Plains. That'll be at the better-seeded team site. Could be a Danville, could be a Madison Plains if Millersport pulls the upset. You have number 5, Delaware Christian, at Delaware Christian School, taking on Columbus's Tree of Life Christian. And you also have Howard East Knox. I believe I called their name a bit in the football playoffs. Six-seeded East Knox gets Moral Ridgedale. That might be morale. I'm not sure. In case you're wondering, this sectional final is at Ohio Dominican University. Pretty nice gym. And then they'll play in the Region 16 tournament at Vandalia Butler. Speaking of that bracket at Vandalia, pull that up. Do-do-do-do-do-do. There's also Wapakin in on there. I better double-check to make sure I have all the local teams covered. Region 16, Troy 2 has Columbus 2's winner at Butler on March 5th at 6.15. Afterwards, it's Troy 3 versus Troy 1. And that regional finals at Butler. And then moving on to St. John Arena for the state finals. I'd also like to mention, I did not think this podcast would be this long. I'm hitting the 38.15 mark. Interesting. We're sticking with Division 4. There's Wapkineta in the Region 14 bracket. And I know, you guys say, that's Northwest Ohio, Lee. Stop talking about Northwest Ohio sports. Wrong. Wapkineta's in the Miami Valley. Therefore, it's part of Dayton. We'll look at Wapkineta's bracket. Looks like the top part's at St. Mary's Memorial. The bottom is at Lima Bath. Hope it's pronounced Bath. Don't think it'd be Bath, but there you go. You have number 9 Parkway against number 8 Mount Victory Ridgemont. Mount Victory. That's a great town name. This is on the 18th of February, by the way. Afterwards, you'll have McGuffey's Upper Scioto Valley, number 14, taking on number 2 Marion Local. You'll have number 13 Waynesville Goshen against number 7 Lima Central Catholic. And Minster's the bye at the top. Number 3 seeded Minster. They'll take on the winner of Parkway and Ridgemont. On the bottom of the brackets, number 5, St. Henry against number 11, Lima Perry. Number 4, New Knoxville against number 10, Ada. And number 6, New Bremen against number 12, Dola Hardin Northern. Fort Recovery has the bye in this. They'll take on the winner, St. Henry and Lima Perry. And a real quick scan through the other three divisions. Making sure I didn't miss any other local spots. And I think I covered it all. That's great. 
So there you go. Girls basketball playoffs start next week. Wow. We're already talking about basketball playoffs in the state of Ohio. Boys basketball, the brackets haven't been released yet in the state of Ohio. But when they are, we'll dedicate a whole episode to that. And I'm actually pulling it up. February 9th. Sunday is the tournament draw in Ohio. And I think Indiana is a couple days afterwards. Sorry, reading my phone that. But February 9th is the tournament draw. Sectional tournament is the 17th. So we're getting close to the end of high school sports. For winter. The end of high school sports. Just all together. Just wrap it up. We're done. <sighs> Sorry. I uh, wanted to make sure that wasn't anything terribly important on my phone. But yeah. We're getting to the end of winter sports and spring sports are blooming around the corner. Speaking of spring sports, in the collegiate ranks, guess what starts today? Softball! And next week is baseball! And I'm very excited, because that means outdoors again! It probably means a wicked case of hay fever for yours truly. Then again, I've been sick since November, so, you know. Very excited this year, and I'm really looking forward to seeing Dayton and Wright State's baseball teams, and Wright State's softball team as well. I don't get to announce Dayton softball too often, but, you know, fill in ranks. Hopefully I get to. But should be a very good year spring-wise. You think college basketball is great this year in southwest Ohio and northern Kentucky? I think spring sports will be just as dandy. And we'll talk about that later on as we'll step aside. I can't believe it's already 42 minutes. There's got to be a faster way to talk about these brackets. I have to figure that out one day, but we'll move along. This is episode 134 of the Cincinnati Dayton Sports Podcast. Up next, the One Minute Dashes. Hey listeners, did you know that you can buy gear supporting the local Sunday Sports Podcast? Visit theleewmallon.com slash podcast, then click on Buy Podcast Merchandise, made by T Public. You can get shirts, hoodies, mugs, phone cases, and even stickers. Check out the local Sunday sports gear by T Public. Not like this antidote's going to matter because I upload both segments at the same time everywhere. But it took me a while to start off the second segment because of the fact I was watching this video from Cincy Problems. And. This video is talking about how Cincinnati drivers act when there's an inch of snow underground, like we have today. And it's a homemade racing track with RC type of cars, well, smaller type of cars, remote controlled cars, and they all crash at the first turn. <laughs> I've watched that for like 20 straight times. Like, I can't get enough of it. You see this ginormous mob of maybe like. 25 cars or so just square up in the first turn. Just, oh, it's fantastic. Anyway, how about some one-minute dashes? In case you're new to this podcast, the one-minute dash is a segment where I talk about one topic for one minute, and after the horn goes off, I finish up my thought and then move on to the next one. Simple as that. There's a ticking clock in the background to help me keep time because... You know, without it, I'd probably talk about 40 minutes on one topic. It's like, oh my goodness, it's <laughs> this one-minute dash has turned out to a 40-minute weezathon. 
which is pretty much my high school track career. Oh, I burned myself. Anyway, one-minute dashes, still no opening. We'll start off with Wright State Raiders basketball. Starting off with men's basketball first, the Raiders are 20-5 and on the year, 10-2 and in Horizon League play, which is good enough for first place in the league. They beat Detroit Mercy at home, 98-86. No needing the last second shot to fall through for a win against the Titans this time. Raiders get to host Oakland tomorrow. And then UIC and IUPUI will be in town next weekend. The Raiders are coming off their second conference loss before Detroit Mercy's game at Green Bay. The women's basketball team, they were tied for second coming into last night's game. The Raiders are 13-10 and 8-4 and in HL play after defeating Youngstown State on the road 67-54. Wright State's now at Cleveland State tomorrow, and then IUPUI and UIC come into the Nutter Center next weekend. Both teams doing well for Wright State. The women's team now second place behind 11-1 IUPUI. It's a good season for Wright State hoops. And now we move on to the University of Dayton. Both men and women are undefeated in 2020. We'll start off with the men's basketball team ranked number six according to the Associated Press poll. 20-2 and are the Flyers, 9-0 in A-10 play. They're coming off a... Home win against Fordham, 70-56, where St. Louis will come into UD Arena tomorrow, and then Rhode Island's in on Tuesday night. The women's basketball team, they're 16-7 overall, and also undefeated in A-10 play at 9-0. After a nice road win at Davidson, 55-49, where the Flyers used a powerful third quarter to power through the host Wildcats. Rhode Island is in town Sunday afternoon. Yours truly will be working official replay there. Can't wait to see the women's flyers back in action. But yeah, both teams undefeated in 2020. Both teams undefeated in A-10 play, running away with the conference. Not every day you can say that. <laughs> Moving swiftly along to the Miami Redhawks. Men's basketball 9-13 and on the year, but 2-7 and in mid-American conference play. After falling at home to Western Michigan, 64-60. On tap next for Jack Owens, Red Hawks. The Battle of the Bricks in Athens, Ohio. OU will welcome in the Red Hawks. Women's basketball for Miami. They're 11-11 on the season, 4-6 in the MAC. After zooming past Toledo at home, 92-83. Red Hawks will get Central Michigan at home on Saturday. And while we still have some time in this one minute dash, we'll talk about Miami hockey, 6-16 and 4 overall, and 3-11 and 2 in NCHA play. They've dropped four in a row and lost in a shootout to number one North Dakota. These losses do include the number one Fighting Hawks, Denver, number five Denver, and St. Cloud State on the road. Western Michigan is in town next weekend for Miami hockey. They're off this week. And up next, the Cincinnati Bearcats. The men's basketball team, 15-7 and overall, 8-2 and in the American Athletic Conference, and that's good enough for first place in the AAC. After taking a bite out of Houston, 64-62, see what I did there, and also beat Wichita State on the road, 80-79, Dan Horner on Twitter mentioned that UC's the only team to beat Wichita State at their place more than once 
UC is 3-0 at WSU. Also, five straight wins for the Bearcats as they're at UConn Sunday. For the women, they're 14-7 overall and 5-2 in AAC play. Come off a nice 60-55 win against South Florida. The Bearcats make the trip to SMU on Saturday. Cincinnati fell in a big battle with UConn. That's always the top of the mountain for Bearcats and the rest of AAC women's basketball. But Bearcats get to host UConn later on in the month. Up next, the Xavier Musketeers. The men are 15-8 and on the season. 4-6 and in Big East play after a road win at DePaul, 67-59. And they're also coming off a huge upset win at number 10 Seton Hall, 74-62, as Xavier hands the Pirates their first Big East loss. Providence is at the Cintas Center tomorrow. For the women Musketeers, they're 2-19 on the year and 1-9 in the Big East after falling at Butler in OT, 63-61. Tough year for the women's basketball Musketeers, but they continue on with a home game tonight against Villanova for the Lauren Hill Classic. Normally, it's a doubleheader in December where Xavier hosts a foe and Mount St. Joseph gets to play at the Cintas Center hosting another foe, but not so much this year, and I was quite surprised on that. But that's the Xavier Musketeers. The men are catching fire as we roll along towards March Madness, or February Madness, as I said in the intro. And last up, our last D1 school in the area, Northern Kentucky. The Norsemen are 16-7 and 8-3 and in Horizon League play after winning at home against Oakland 73-70. Detroit Mercy's in town tomorrow, and next week it will be IUPUI and UIC starting Valentine's Day. The women Norse are 13-10 and overall and 7-5 and in HL play. They were tied for second with Green Bay and Wright State before falling at Cleveland State 66 62. The Norse are at Youngstown State tomorrow, but then will host UIC and IUPUI next weekend. It's always nice to see Wright State and Northern Kentucky's series just come down to the wire. I mean, the women's basketball game, Wright State really took advantage in the fourth quarter. The Raiders men's game at the Nutter Center, big win for Wright State. And the series will swap places. Women get to host Northern Kentucky. Later on the year, men will be at Northern Kentucky to close out the season, I believe. And now we move on to Division Two. For Central State, the Marauder men are 10 and 10, 7 and 6 in the Southern Intercollegiate Athletic Conference after a row win at Spring Hill College 94-92. Spring Hill in for a doubleheader tomorrow, first the women, then the men. The women Marauders 7-13, 5 and 7 in the SAIC after falling at Spring Hill 77-73. For Cedarville, the men Yellow Jackets are 13 and 8, 9 and 3 in the GMAC. One game back of Walsh, Finley, and Hillsdale for first. After beating Alderson Bros at home 82-63, Wilberforce in for a non-conference tilt tomorrow. The women Yellow Jackets 16-5, and 9-3 in the Greater Midwest Athletic Conference. After beating Alderson Bros at home 74-57, Malone in Thursday night, no Wilberforce game for the women. Urbana is 5-16, men's basketball 4-11 in Mountain East with a 62-61 win. At Davis and Elkins, Blue Knights hosting West Virginia Wesleyan. Tomorrow, women 13-8, 9-6. 9-6 in the MEC 
after also coming away with a row win at Davis and Elkins, 84-77. Again, West Virginia Wesleyan in tomorrow afternoon for the women and men. Now Division Three men's basketball, the Wilmington Quakers 8-12, 6-7 in the Ohio Athletic Conference after winning at Otterbein 85-80. Baldwin Wallace in at Wilmington College tomorrow. Wittenberg is number 5, 19-1 are the Tigers, and 12-1 in NCAC play after a 159 win against Denison at Kenyon tomorrow. Mount St. Joseph, they're 4-16 on the year, 2-11 in the Heartland after falling at home to Bluffton, 66-53. Defiance in Cincinnati tomorrow. And Earlham, the Quakers are 7-13, 3-10 in the Heartland after falling at home to Transylvania, 90-71. Hanover will be in on Saturday. And that's covering your Division Three men's basketball squads. Wittenberg, the one loss for the Tigers was at Wooster. I believe they're coming in in a couple weeks. But yeah, the Tigers back in the top five, Division Three. That's huge. It's great to see that success in Springfield. For Area Division Three women's basketball, we start again with Wilmington College. Quakers are 9-11, 5-8 in OAC play. They fell at home to Otterbein, 77-65. Big test up next for Wilmington at number 12 Baldwin Wallace tomorrow. For the Wittenberg Tigers, the women are 14-6, 7-4 in the North Coast Athletic Conference after defeating Kenyon at home, 65-46. Wittenberg's at Hiram tomorrow. Mount St. Joseph, the women are 6-14, in the Heartland. After falling at Bluffton's 57-48, Defiance in tomorrow. And for the Earlham Quakers, the women are 5-15 overall, 4-9 in the Heartland after falling at home to number 6 Transylvania, 75-42. Hanover will make the trip to Richmond, Indiana tomorrow on Saturday. Nice to see the success continuing on at Wittenberg. Now we're talking about junior colleges. We'll start off with Sinclair. Men's basketball, 12-11, and 3-5 in the Ohio Community College Athletic Association after defeating the University of Dayton club team by a score of 104-83, but coming off a home loss to Terra State from Fremont, Ohio, 72-67. Bryant and Stratton, Ohio's in tomorrow. The women, Tartan Pride, 9-13, and 2-6 in the OCCAC after a 60-56 loss at home to Terra State. Also, will host Bryant and Stratton, Ohio, tomorrow. Clark State, 14-10 overall, 4-5 in the OCCAC after falling at Edison State, 89-73. Lakeland's in Clark State tomorrow. Women, 5-18, 1-8 after falling at Edison State, 104-47. Again, Lakeland in at Cleveland. Cleveland Clark State tomorrow. Essen State men are 13 and 10, 6 and 3 in the OCCAC after beating Clark State at Terra State tomorrow. Women 19 and 3 and 8 and 1. After a nice conference win over Clark State 104-47 and also Essen State at Terra State on Saturday. A uh, minor note, Terra State is not quite part of the OCCAC. They're provisional members, meaning I think next year they will be. Same with Bryant and Stratton, Ohio. So, there you go. But, yeah, great year for Edison State women. Uh, men not doing too bad at Clark State, Edison State. Sinclair, a little bit of a rough year. Normally, there are several games over 500 at this point, but it's a pretty packed OCCAC race. 
As we talk about the local NAIA schools, first with Wilberforce, men are 7-15, and 1-5 in the Association of Independent Institutions. After a 114-82 win at Wright State Lake, men are at Cedarville tomorrow. Women will host St. Mary's on Tuesday. Not that St. Mary's. The women are 15-10, and 3-3 and in the AII. They also beat Wright State Lake on the road, 88-56. Thomas Moore, the men are 18-6, and 6-5 and in the Mid-South. And coming off an... Big win, an upset win over number one Georgetown College at Georgetown. Previously undefeated Tigers, 73-71 Saints at UC Claremont Friday. Women are 17-7, 6-5 in the Mid-South after beating Georgetown on the road, 83-51. Hosting Cumberland's Kentucky next Sunday. For Indiana East, the men are 17-9. They're on the roll, the Red Wolves. 11-1 in the River States Conference after beating Rio Grande, 79-57 at home. West Virginia Tech awaits them tomorrow. Women are 8-18, 6-6 eight and six in the Rivers. After beating Rio Grande, 87-80. And the women will have number 25, West Virginia Tech, on the road tomorrow, Saturday. Now time to look at the USCAA squads. First up, Wright State Light Campus. The Laker men, 4-18 overall. They fell to Wilberforce, 114-82. And the Lakers have Ohio Dominican on the road tomorrow. Women are 4-13 overall after falling to Wilberforce, 88-56. And the Lakers will host Andrews University at the Mercer County YMCA on Sunday. For UC Claremont, the men Cougar squad, Roland Moore, 22-3. After winning against Campbellsville, Harrodsburg, 94-71. Kent State Tuscarawas in town tomorrow. Women are 17 and 5 overall. They beat the same Campbellsville Haroldsburg 88-70. They'll host Kentucky Christian on Monday. Southern State, the men, 1-20 after defeating the Crown College 87-72. There's no result for the game against Ohio Chillicothe. Kent State Tuscarawas is in town tonight. And again, Southern State, no women's basketball team to talk about. But yeah, when you look up these local schools that aren't covered by the media and you just see these other names and you learn so much. I never knew there was a campus called the Crown College. It's the Crown College. If their nickname isn't Crowns, I'll be moderately, you know, indifferent. But there you go. Yeah, I looked on Ohio Chilla Coffee's athletics websites. Uh, there's no result. There's no game even scheduled against Southern State, so. If you have a result, feel free to shout at me at the normal addresses. And that leaves one more league to talk about for college basketball, and that's the Ohio Regional Campus Conference. We'll start off with Miami Middletown. The men finished 10-14 and 14 on the season, 8-4 and four in the Ohio Regional Campus Conference. They fell at home to Miami Hamilton 78-75. The women finished 5-12 and on the year, 5-3 and in the ORCC. They also fell at home to Miami Hamilton, 87-61. What's next? Well, the ORC State Tournament. It will start at Ohio Chillicothe for the women on the 15th-16th. Ohio Lancaster for the men, 15th-16th. And the finals come to Middletown on the 22nd-23rd, both men's and women's. Miami Hamilton, well, they have a pair of regular season champs. The Harrier men finished 14-11, 10-2 in the ORCC. The women finished 10-15, 9-1 in ORCC play. For college troops in the Ohio Regional Campus Conference, again, that's your branch campuses, it, the season starts a little bit earlier, around October-ish, like late October-ish, maybe even mid-October-ish. And the regular season ends 
at this point. Then you have the state tournament that starts mid-February, and your season wraps up by the end. Again, your branch campuses, Ohio has a few. Ohio State's got a couple. Wright State Lake used to be in it, but now they're in the USCAA. Miami's got Middletown and Hamilton. Very good year for the Hamilton campus. The former Chiefs, now Harriers. And it's nice to see that Miami regionals are quite strong in athletics. I mean, the Thunderhawks are always there. Harriers there. Long histories at both those branch campuses. And they do a great job for sports. Now for the hockey dashes. I already talked about Miami hockey earlier. How about Tri-State updates? The Miami Redhawks club team lean the conference at 13-1, followed by second place Ohio State 9-3, 7-5-2-0 Indiana, 6-5-0-1 Xavier, 6-6 Bowling Green, 4-7-0-1 Ohio, 3-9 Louisville, and 0-12 Dayton. It's weird not seeing Wright State on there. It's weird not seeing Cincinnati on there. But... Another great year for Miami club hockey. Still a little bit season to go. In case you're wondering about Cincinnati's club team, well, never fear. They're 14-8-1-1 after a 5-3 win at Ohio State. Cincinnati makes the trip to Trine University tomorrow and then wrapping up the season at Sports Plus with two home games against the Michigan Wolverines. Club hockey again. No scholarships involved unless it's academic, but still great quality hockey. Kids that have history in the sport. And I definitely have to remember to trim that goal horn before the next one-minute dash segments. But there you go. Yeah, club hockey is great. I mean, it's club, it's ran by passionate students and passionate faculty. And they're just like any other sport, except they don't get, you know, scholarships. And most of these teams don't have their own place to play. Although Cincinnati is at Trine, I mentioned that. Trine built their own rink. And their campus, which is awesome. And I'm hoping Cincinnati can do that, but the problem is, where? Where are you building that rink? I mean, there's there's got to be abandoned property knocked down by, you know, campus. So, m- maybe that's the thing in the cards that, I mean, you see club hockey is great. Xavier's not that far behind either. I just want more hockey rinks, darn it. That's That's my whole thing. Let's move on to the Cincinnati Cyclones of the ECHL. Another good regular season keeps rolling on for Cincinnati and the Cyclones. They're hosting Toledo tonight, and then making their way up north to Northwest Ohio, tangled with the Walleye, tomorrow and Sunday. The Cyclones are coming off a 3-2 loss at the Indy Fuel in Indianapolis. The Cyclones are first in the Central Division at 29-12-6, and second in the Western Conference, just behind the Allen Americans. I love the Cincinnati Cyclones, and I really wish they were on sports radio. I mean, three D1 schools bounce around. Well, UC stays on 700, but the other two bounce around. I I figure there's got to be stations to bring the Cyclones on the radio. That would be great. I'd listen to that on radio. Anyway, great regular season again for Cincinnati. Still a couple months to go. I think the season doesn't end until April. Then it's playoff time. But another great start. And Cincinnati should be very proud that they have a great quality hockey team in the ECHL. Now we just hope that Heritage Bank Center can get the massive renovation it needs. Yes, most people say 
Wrecking Ball and Bulldozer, but if you can really spruce up the place, that would be nice too. Hopefully that's in the works, but we'll see. And sticking with hockey, we're talking about high school hockey. First, the Southwest Ohio High School Hockey League. Still a couple games left in the regular season. The tournament, or the conference tournament, starts next week. Talawanda is your overall number one seed. The Brave are 9-0. and Beaver Creek 8-2. and Alter 6-4. and Centerville 2-8. and Sycamore wins the Gold Division Trophy. They'll be in the Red Division next year at 7-3. and Troy is 3-8. and The tie is off the board now. Mason 3-5. and Elder 1-9. and As we move on to the Capital Hockey Conference, your three local teams in the White Division, St. X in third place, 8-6 and behind Olentangy Orange, Olentangy Berlin. Moeller, fourth place, 7-5, 1-1. And Springboro in sixth place at 6-8. Six Upper Arlington, by the way, it's a team that I look forward to seeing and broadcasting at South Metro. Their 30-game win streak was snapped with a tie against St. Charles at the Ice House. So that's the one blemish on Upper Arlington's conference and overall record, but 30 straight games with no losses, that's impressive. In fact, their 29th their game at South Metro against Springboro. That broke the school record for most wins in a regular season. So hats off to the Golden Bears. And last team I saw St. Charles. That was the team to do it. The person who ever runs Twitter. I was hoping to meet him at South Metro and it didn't happen. Which made me sad. They are 10-3-1. But the Twitter person really happy about my job with the Kings. So that makes me happy too. Upper Arlington, according to the standings, is the only team to lock up their place. They'll be the number one seed in the Red Division and number one seed in the Blue Jackets Cup, which we'll talk about the brackets a little bit, hopefully next week. Also, the hockey draw is the 12th on Wednesday, so we'll probably talk about that after the tournaments because, you know, hopefully next week I'll get this next episode out earlier, but... Yeah. Your leaders, by the way, I mentioned Upper Arlington, the Red Division, and Olentangy Orange in the White Division at 10-5. and five. Columbus Academy is 6-6-1-1. Six, six, one one. That's wins, losses, ties, and overtime losses. But Bishop Watterson is looking to dethrone Columbus Academy tonight from that top spot. So definitely lots of high school hockey action to go, and yours truly will write a piece for the upcoming tournaments. I promise. It's now been three weeks since I wrote. It's just time slipped by. You know, the illness has crept up. I know, that's a terrible excuse. I apologize. But we're going to step into warmer weather as catchers and pitchers report in just a couple days. I think it's, what, six days now? We'll talk about another piece picked up by the Cincinnati Reds. Welcome in former Chicago Cub, Pedro Strope. His name is cool because it reminds me of Stroop Road in Kettering because it's missing an O. Anyway, 34 years of age, he agreed to a one-year, $1,825,000 deal. The first move to upgrade the bullpen in the offseason focused on offense. Well, technically that's not true. There's been minor league uh, welcomes or spring training welcomes to a couple names, but he'll be on the major league team for sure. Last year was tough for Strope. Had a bad injury. September, put up strong numbers. Two ERA in 11 appearances. 
Had a 9 ERA with one save in August with one loss. So, yeah, with Derek Johnson as the pitching coach, I think Strope is a target to get back on track. This offseason has been spectacular for Cincinnati. 165 million dollars spent on players coming into Cincinnati. Mike Mustakas, four-year, $64 million contract. A left-handed starter in Wade Miley, two years, 15 mil. Shogo Akiyama, an all-star in his native Japan, three-year, 21 million. Nick Castellanos, four-year, $64 million deal, which includes playoff outs, playoff opt-outs after 2020-2021. And Strope will get a chance to pitch in a setup role in the eighth inning for Rysel Iglesias. The Reds' bullpen finished 7th, so about middle of the pack, with a 4.28 ERA, 27-33 record. I personally think that number would be significantly lower if the bullpen wasn't burnt out by the NMA, but who knows. With Strope's addition to Cincinnati, Sal Romano has been designated for assignment. The former Dragon is the second to be designated for assignment, the other one being Jose Siri who got picked up on waivers by the Seattle Mariners. He'll join former Dayton Dragon Shed Long on the Mariners' 40-man roster, I believe. But, yeah, I know there's a lot of people that were upset that Siri got picked up by the Mariners. I was a little upset, too, because, hey, he had that Midwest League streak of, what was it, 40 straight games with a hit? 39 straight games with a hit? And, well, sometimes that's how business rolls. I think the Mariners picked him up on what would have been the second to last day before he was sent to the Miners and still would have been with the red system, but Mariners won him on. And Siri was going to be one of ten outfielders on the 40-man roster. That's a little excessive. Ten outfielders. I mean, you can field, well, three starters, one backup in Cincinnati. That leaves you with four in Louisville and one with... Chattanooga. I almost said Pensacola there. What am I thinking? Explosive tools. Plus, plus speed guy. Was stolen 45 plus bases in the minor leagues in the past. Great defender in center field. Strong arm. And above average to plus power potential in the bat. Also, for weakness, pitch recognition isn't great. Which, if you have an arsenal under your glove... I mean, you could throw a fastball, change-up, curveball. Siri isn't going to be able to detect it. Hopefully, you know, with the Mariners, maybe he'll pick up on this. I don't know, but that's one of his weaknesses. I mean, yes, it's improved since his time in Dayton, but at the same time, you know, you can still work on that. So, 24 years of age. He's probably going to get one more year in the minors, probably with AAA Tacoma. I think that's Seattle's AAA squad. Before he's going to stick in a major league roster. Seattle's getting a heck of a guy in Jose Siri. I was hoping to see him as a red, but sometimes these things don't shake out. So, I mean, with Castellanos and Akiyama, now part of the Reds. You got Winker and Aquino to bounce around. just And Senzel, too. I mean, that's five I just mentioned. I mean, you got to put Sinzel at second? No, because Mustaches is there. Mustakas. Let's say Mustaches. Yeah, I know my players. What of it? Sorry. The Moose at second. Can't put him at... Well, 
the start of the season, you could probably put him at third, but once a. Eugenio Suarez is healed up from his off-season surgery, you probably don't want him at third, unless you're giving Suarez the day off. Shortstop, I mean, Freddie Galvis is there, and I don't think the Reds are quite done with the off-season, but we're heading to spring training, I don't know if the deal's going to get done or not, but there you go. You might be able to put him in first base when you give Joey Votto some time off, but yeah, there you go. I mean, Sal Romano, I mean, it's, it's tough to see him. If no one picks him up, he'll go to Louisville and still remain with the Reds, just not on the Major League roster. I really like this offseason for the Reds. I really do. I mean, Jose Siri's loss, that definitely stings. But at the same time, look what look what the Reds have done. Look what they've built up. I know I'm going over a minute here, but hey, I'm excited for this season. And I know Marty Brenneman's not calling on radio, but you know what? I think I'll be able to put that aside. Now, if the Reds go like 0-160, I, I, I don't know as much. No, I'm kidding. They're not going to go 0-160. They better not. But there you go. And wouldn't you know it, I'm going to talk about the hockey tournaments next. They're not part of the one-minute dashes because, um, yeah, that that would be a lot to talk about in a minute. And I'm not good at one-minute dashes, but, you know, there you go. To close up episode 134, it's time to talk hockey tournaments. And that starts next week. Yours truly will be broadcasting most of the Southwest Ohio High School Hockey League tournament, where most of it will be at the Northland Ice Center, listed as Northlands. I don't understand why it's Northlands. Like, no one calls it Northlands. It's Northland. The sign out front says Northland. Stop calling it Northlands. Anyway, we'll start off with Talawanda, they clinched the number one seed. They've got number eight, Elder, on Valentine's Day at 6 o'clock at the Northland Ice Center. That's the only game I'm going to miss because of the fact that there's two other games Valentine's Day. Your first game in the tournament is number four, Centerville, against number five, Sycamore, at the Northland Ice Center. Let me tell you, I'm really looking forward to seeing Sycamore again because in the two matches, both teams have taken a win from each other. And Sycamore is a lot like Centerville. I mean, not a lot of bodies on the bench, good coaching, but the players that are on the bench, quite skillful. So I'm definitely looking forward to seeing round three of Elks Aves. Aves is short for aviators. And I call them aviators because their old hockey jerseys had aviators. Man, I wish Sycamore would go back to those. Those were great jerseys. Anyway, continuing on, Valentine's Day 630. It's number two Beaver Creek against number seven Mason. And number three, Alter, battling number six, Troy. The Beaver Creek Mason game at 6.30 Valentine's Day, 8.30 for Alter Troy. Moving on to the second round. Notice that there's no red and gold bracket this year. There's only eight teams. LaSalle does not field the high school team anymore. It's a club team, part of the Cincinnati Swords, so they're out. So that's eight teams. So I like, I like this way, and I think it's smart to do it that way. The winner of Talawanda and Elder in Centerville Sycamore will battle at the Northland Ice Center Saturday the 15th at 4. Afterwards, it's the winners of Beaver Creek and Mason and Alter and Troy. And the championship will be crowned at 4 p.m. that Sunday the 16th at Northland. Will Talawanda win their first trophy? Oh, when has it been? They won three in a row once. It's back in the 2000s, I believe. Trying to remember was on that trophy. St. X. 
for leaving the capital. They won three in a row, and then Springboro won multiple in a row before they left for the capital, too. So that's your Southwest Ohio High School Hockey League bracket. You can access it swohshl.org and then click on brackets. It's right there in front of you. Again, most games at the Northland Ice Center in Sharonville. Two games at South Metro in Centerville. I'll have most of those games on YouTube. Just look for the links and you can join me. You know how I mentioned the Blue Jackets Cup bracket wasn't updated? Well, let me tell you what's updated on the website. Go to CapitalHockeyConference.com and then go on Varsity. There's the Blue Jackets Cup. Might talk about the JV Cup as well. But we'll start off with what we know. What we know is the top three teams of the White Division and all the Red Division teams make the Blue Jackets Cup champion bracket. There's two brackets in the Varsity Division. If you're fourth or below in the White or in the Blue Division at all, you're in the Consolation Championship. Now, granted, the top team in the blue should move up to the white next year. Bottom in the white goes to blue, I believe. Bottom in the red goes to white, maybe? That's how it was when Moeller was in there last year, so I have to assume that's not changing. But I don't know. That's a great question, and hopefully I'll find out later. Again, your varsity division. There's one team that's etched in stone. It's Upper Arlington, the number one seed. They'll take on the third-place white division team. So right now, it's not set in stone. We'll probably cover it to a greater extent next week. But right now, that'd be St. X. Eight and six are the Bombers. However, St. X's first capital game as a member of the CHC was against Upper Arlington, and the Golden Bears won it 10-0. Yeah, Upper Arlington's got themselves quite a team. I mean, just so smooth. Still no losses. And yet, not a lot of respect from, well, I say not a lot of respect. I'd like to see him go number one to dethrone St. Ignatius, but, you know, St. Ignatius has that whole, we won four state tiles in a row type of thing, so, yeah. You have Red 4, Red 5, which would be New Albany, Dublin, Jerome, if the season were to end before tonight's games. Red 3 versus White 1, that's Olentangy Orange in White 1, battling Olentangy Liberty. That's going to be a good battle there, if it happens. And St. Charles, as Red 2, will face off against White 2, a very hot Olentangy Berlin squad. I saw Olentangy Berlin at South Metro, too. I mean, they're, they're pretty impressive. So, yeah, that's your championship bracket. What does the consolation championship bracket look like? The consolation bracket. I said championship because champions. Uh, never mind. It doesn't matter. Well, your first two games are almost set in stone. You'll have number... 17 Dublin Sciota take on number 18 St. Francis of Sales. That will be Wednesday the 12th at 7.40 at North 2. I was going to say most of these games are at the Ice House, but that's incorrect. We'll cover that a little bit later. And Gahanna Lincoln as the 16th seed will take on, I'm guessing whoever loses Columbus Academy Bishop Watterson's game, because that'll be Blue 2. Who does Blue 1 have? Well, they'll have White 6, which means Columbus Academy will have Springboro. The winner of Sciota and DeSales will get White 4. That's Moeller, currently. White 7, White 8, that's Dublin Coffin against Olentangy. White 5, that is Thomas Worthington. They'll get the winner of Blue 2 and Gehanna Lincoln. Again, right now that'd be Bishop Watterson, but 
Columbus Academy Bishop Watterson playing tonight. Whoever wins that will be blue one. Whoever loses it will be blue two. Take on Gahanna Lincoln. And white six against Springboro will take on, right now, be Columbus Academy. Most of these games are at the Ice House. You know, the side rink to Nationwide Arena. Red two, white two in the championship bracket is the only one that won't be. That'll be at North Chiller Rink 1, Thursday the 13th. <clears throat> in the consolation bracket, Dublin Scioto St. Francis Sales will be at North 2. Dublin 2 will have Gahan Lincoln take it on Blue 2. It's almost like a home game for Gahan Lincoln there. At the Ice House will be the winner of uh, St. Francis Sales Dublin Scioto against White 4. North 1 has White 7 and 8. North 1 will have White 5 versus Gahanna Lincoln Blue 2's winner. Ice House will have White 6 Blue 1. There's a place called the Ice Works. Where did I see you? Please tell me I'm not... Oh. Okay, so there is another championship game. Red 3, White 1. We'll find Ice Works Columbus. Because I'm pretty sure that is not the same thing. It could be the same thing, and I'm just a giant idiot, but, you know. Is that the one in Worthington that I keep forgetting about? I think it's the one in Worthington that I keep forgetting about. Looking at the Chiller.com, again named after the ECHL team that helped bring the Blue Jackets in. That's still a great story. Ice House time! Okay, that's not the right one. That's Nationwide Arena. Why did I click that? Ice Works time. Because I wasn't expecting Chiller in front of it. It's the Ohio Health Chiller Ice Works. On 401 East Wilson Bridge Road, Worthington, Ohio. So yes, this is the one that I keep forgetting about. It's not too far away from the exit ramp to 23 North from 270. So, how did I never remember that that's a thing? That's where Worthington, Kilbourne, Westerville High School, and Columbus Bandits women's hockey play. That's pretty cool. Chiller LLC purchased the facility in summer 2006. Make sure the program's already playing there. We'll continue to have a place to play. So yeah, most of the brackets are blank, but we'll talk about that as the season wraps up Sunday. Again, Upper Arlington has... Clinched the only spot in the championship bracket thus far, as meaning that red 2 through 5 and white 1, 2, and 3 can be mixed up depending on how this weekend goes. And Dublin, Scioto, St. Francis of Sales, and Gahanna Lincoln have locked up spots in the consolation bracket, as will blue 1, blue 2, it's just really who places where, and white 4 through 8. Again, you can find it at CapitalHockeyConference.com and click on Blue Jackets Cup, and there's the pretty banner for you right there. I'm not sure if ESP Media will be there this year. I was hoping they reached out to have me do more hockey, but hey, they do have the 2019 bracket, and they've been doing it for quite some time. Dublin Jerome has won the last three Blue Jackets Cups varsity-wise. In 2016, Dublin Kaufman won it. Olin Tangy Orange, the last non-Dublin school to win it in 2015. St. Charles won it 2014. Then Dublin Jerome won it 2012, 2013. Olin Liberty won it 2011. And Dublin Jerome won it 2010 to start off the decade. Before that, Dublin Kaufman 2009. Dublin Jerome, another three straight from 2006 to 2008. 
Dublin Kaufman won in 2004, 2005. Thomas Worthington won the first two Blue Jackets Cups, though. That's pretty cool. Let's look at the JV Cup. There's not as many teams because there's not as many you know, JV teams. I mean, I always mention Central Ohio has a better footing into high school hockey, but that's because there's 18 schools with it compared to 12 in our area. Not all of them have JV schools, and no, it's not updated. I can tell you the Upper Arlington won the JV Blue Jackets Cup last year. Previous JV Cup winners, well, here we go. Olin Tangerine Liberty won it the year prior to last year, so 2018. St. Charles, 2017. Olin Tangerine Liberty again, 2016. 2015 was special because by OHSAA standards, it's Olin Tangerine Liberty. The club went to New Albany. St. Charles again, 2014. Hilliard won the Blue Jackets JV Cup in 2013 as a club. Olentangy Orange back-to-back in 2011-2012. Upper Arlington, 2010. Newark in 2009. That's a strong youth hockey program. Out east of Columbus. St. Charles again, 2008. Olentangy, 2007. 2006, St. Francis of Sales, 2005. The first one listed on here. St. Charles again. I really like how the Capital Hockey Conference is able to use the Blue Jackets name for the championship or the uh, conference tournament. I really love that, and I love that there is something there. I wish the Cyclones would let the Southwest do the same. I mean, yeah, that's just sharing name and everything, but we gotta grow high school hockey here. I mean, like I said, 12 schools, and there's just not a lot there, and I'm hoping that it grows, but We'll see. We'll see. And that will do it for episode 134. That last one minute dash turned out to be, oh, close to 20 minutes of talking after the dash, but we did cover high school hockey tournaments. Again, the hockey draw is February 12th. Not sure why I thought it was February 2nd. Every high school hockey team gets in the playoffs, much like all sports except football. And we'll cover that Probably two weeks from now, after the tournaments. Yours truly will have the Buckeye Year in tournament that weekend, and I'm afraid what my voice is going to do. Although with those Halls breezers, what are they called? The purple bags. The ones that aren't actually cough drops. They actually do help if you have a voice that's going on you. I, I find them quite useful, actually, and I thought I was just wasting my money on it. But no, I'm I'm actually very happy on that. Next week, episode 135, how about more local Sunday sports? Because, you know, that's what this podcast is about. We'll cover the Blue Jackets Cup again to tell you which teams are playing where. And Southwest Ohio High School Hockey League will prepare you for that as well. You know, my next broadcast is Saturday at 9 p.m. against Centerville versus Mason. And it's senior night for Centerville. This is my fourth year with the Elks, and this is the first group of freshmen that I got to see grow up and turn into seniors and grow up to be exceptional people, and I'm a little sad on that. I'm happy for them. I mean, they're going to do great things in the future, I'm sure, but I don't know. I'm just the old man that's not really affiliated. I just wear my Elks hockey jacket around and broadcast, so... But yeah, it's going to be a little tough tomorrow. It'll be on Centerville Elks Hockey on YouTube. Of course, I'll share the link, so 
Don't worry about that. Come on and watch some good high school hockey. Should be a really good game. Mason's improved over the years, and I think it's going to be a dandy. Hopefully there'll be more bodies ready to go, because the Elks have been single ditches and skaters for most of the season now, but we'll see. We'll see. I think that wraps up this episode quite nicely. Again, we'll talk to you next week for more local Sunday sports. This is Lee W. Mound signing off. And remember, if someone tells you you have to root for Ohio State, just look back at them as like, I don't have to do squat just because I live in Ohio. Take care. Until next time. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast with Lee W. Mowen. To subscribe to the podcast, please visit the leewmowen.com slash podcast. From there, you can choose your favorite platform, such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, and many more. Interact with the podcast and host on Twitter at the Lee W. Mallon and at Sunday Pod. Like the Facebook page, the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast, and download the free Flick Chat app. Then search for the local Sunday Sports Group to submit your future Mallon's mailbag questions. The closing theme is Lights Go Down by Dan Hennig, provided by the YouTube Music Library Collection. This is Lee W. Mowen, and I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. Please join me again next week on the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast.